Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 318. Just got back from C4, Cherry Capital Comic Con, and had a blast uh, getting interviews and talking to many talented people in the industry. Also had another chance to sit down with my former co-host, Derek Becker, and talk about some of the other things that we did at the show, some of the love of why this show is special to some of us, and really just shooting the shit. Also, in the most opportune moment, we were sitting outside of an ice cream shop, and Dirk Manning, coming to get his daily ice cream breakfast, stopped by to talk a bit as well. So with that, grab a cold one and enjoy Drunk on Comics podcast, episode 318, Conversations... At Cherry Capital Comic Con 2018. All day here at Cherry Capital Comic Con. I want to restart that. Final day. <laughs> Final day here at Cherry Capital Comic Con uh, with my beautiful and lovely wife and Tony. <laughs> do I have to do my own intro to for my podcast? Well, Final I, day at Cherry Capital Comic Con with Derek and my lovely wife. <laughs> Oops, I fucked that one up. Wait a second, I don't remember agreeing to this. Uh, yeah, so uh, for for. My listeners uh, at home, this is Tony from Drunk on Comics. For my listeners at home, this is Derek from Comic Pros and Cons. Formerly Drunk on Comics, though. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, well, you know how... Aren't you proud that I don't say comics pros and cons like everyone else does? No, you've always done done well. Yeah. Yeah. I just... I always laugh that, like, when they, when they say it wrong... I mean, it's one letter, but, like, it's not that hard to remember how to say your, your podcast name. Yeah, it's like... Uh, it's like Myers. Myers. Oh, God. Well, yeah, that's, okay, that's that's a local regional thing, uh, but it's it's like uh, Budweisers. That is a new one. Yeah. Nobody ever says that. Yeah. I mean, granted, you could have a few Budweisers, but you know, uh, or Anheuser's Busch. <laughs> oh no. Mental pictures now. Yeah. So anyway, we're uh, we're just chilling out here. Waiting for the convention to open back up here on Sunday morning. It's uh, it's been an awesome couple days already. Yes, uh, for a convention that is, I mean, this is no knock through. A little bit smaller than some, it it packs a punch, and I feel it's better than some of the larger cons. Oh, absolutely, and you know, I mean, it's like I, I've I've talked to some of the show organizers, and you know, they they don't ever want this to be like a massive show they don't ever want it to be a c2e2 or you know like new york or new york or, or or like a legacy show like uh, motor city where you know it's like where you're pulling in tens and tens and tens of thousands of people uh oh thank you thank you everyone that's awesome <laughs> um you know that's that's not what they're looking for what they're looking for at this show is to create an intimate little convention where people can get up close and personal 
with the creators, with the you know the writers, with the artists. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mel got Mel may or may not have gotten a, a shoulder rub from Gene Ha. Yeah. You know, it's my childhood dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She 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 didn't want a commission. She wanted a shoulder rub. And so uh, there you go. And you know what? That the left shoulder is much better than the right one. But I couldn't have him massage my drinking hand. I needed it. She's going back for more today. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that, that's. I, I think I have a feeling that's going to happen. But <laughs> well, one of the things. So I'll have to we. Get in line. <laughs> I have to say, parking strange. The parking lot seems smaller compared to the shows, and for how many people are in here. What, okay, I'm lost. Okay, so you know how <laughs> some of the other shows are insane for parking. C22, right. they have their parking ramps. Motor City, you're parking in the boondock sometimes. For the we amount are. of people that I see walking around the con... You get there on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, uh, there is a limited parking lot here at the resort. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like there's parking spots now yet. This place is going to get packed later. Where yeah. are they parking at? Magic. Yeah, that's what I'm starting to think. Black hole technology. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I married her. She says stupid shit. Like I love you. <laughs> is that why you used to hang out with me all the time before you married her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because uh, mostly because you say a lot of stupid shit, but he no, misses that. it's uh, that I, I've, I've just enjoyed the show. I mean, you know, when you're when you're talking a show that probably gets around 4,000 people, give or take, you know, over the course of a weekend, um, maybe pushing five. Like, it's not huge, but this is such a good show. And there's, for a show this size, for what they can physically fit in here, I mean, you're talking, what do we got? Probably 25 creators in there. Yeah, I feel even a little bit more. Yeah, well, that's the thing. (coughs) The caliber of the artists and writers and everyone is huge. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I mean, like, so maybe we got 30 creators in there. I don't really know. Like, I mean, I I would actually have to go and count. There's a lot of young up-and-comers, and and there's also a lot of really, really established talent here. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got, you know, you've got Mike Grell, you know, who's done the Green Arrow and, and... I think he did Green Lantern stuff too. I'm not sure, but I know he did a bunch of Green Arrow stuff. Jill Thompson, Jill Sandman, Thompson. Fables. Yeah, you got Gene Ha, who's done, God knows how much stuff for Marvel and DC both, and then you know his own book May that he does. Um, you got Tony Isabella, who's a co-creator of Black Lightning and Misty Knight. You got Sharenko, yeah. who is a gem unto himself. He's a legend. Yeah, you know, I mean, th- these are the people that are here that are. You know, you don't have to wait in the cattle call queue. Um, and if you want to sit and chat with them for a while, they're they're great about that. Gene Ha actually has one of the coolest things I've ever seen. If you go up and draw him a picture, anything that is that you can post on Instagram, so that kind of gives you what your limits are, mm-hmm. um, he'll give you a copy of his first issue of may that's cool that's very well he him out of most of the new guests that you know aren't our con family friends people that we know he is one of the most friendly dudes i've ever met uh he like at the drink and draw on friday night 
he was chatting with a bunch of different artists and just being like, oh, you know, how's this going or this and that and like just really almost being a fan of other people too. He seemed genuinely interested in some young up and coming artists and that's great. That's yeah. cool that someone takes their time to do that and he's hanging out with us at karaoke. Well, not only that, like, I mean, so he was on the Kickstarting uh, Your Comics panel yesterday. So it was uh, Dirk Manning, Dan Doherty, Kalen Smith, and Gene. And then now, I moderated the panel for the first three last weekend at Motor City, which people will be able to hear later on. on actually, by the time this comes out, they could go back and listen to it. Time travel. Time travel. It, I, like, I'm totally, it's black hole technology shit all over. <laughs> um, but this week, Gene was an, a, a new addition to the, the panel lineup. And it's kind of cool, too, because like, you, you go from one week to the next, and sure, you... Some of the things were the same as far as the points that the people wanted to make, but the conversation became completely different. I know it's awesome. Thank you, people. I was going to see if you knew you knew they were going to be cheering. Another in the background, there is the cosplay kids kids cosplay contest going on this yeah. morning. So that's where some of the cheers and everything. I mean, no, they're listening to us in the other room and yeah, everything I say. It's, it's like it's just like everyday life. I talk, people clap. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's just shaking Except for your wife, yeah. yeah. I have to listen to you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, so, he, he was explaining after um, one of the things that he does, when he's on a panel style, um, like a group style panel, versus just him, he's, he takes his, uh, his iPad, and he'll take a picture of the crowd, and then he zooms in on somebody, and he quick draws them. And then he just goes and gives them that paper, and then he does it again. Like, he probably gave out, I don't know, like, 10 drawings, it, it maybe 10 or 12 drawings in the hour that we were in there. He just, shh, there you go. He made a girl's day. Yeah, like, he made a lot of people's day. But, like, you know, our friend Crystal got one, and she's like, holy shit, like, that's really cool. So I thought that was kind of a neat thing that he did, too. Um, something you don't see often. Mm-hmm. Her hair game was very on point that day. I cannot really blame her. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was definitely on point. Well, I want to. Besides uh, some of the individuals, which we can get to, um, like Mr. Brian O'Halloran just walking by. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of which, I was asking him. You know, what what brings you back to to C four? And he flat out was just saying the same thing that we already said. A great convention, great people. He loves the air up here, the atmosphere. I mean. God, it's been a beautiful weekend. It's been a hot, it's been a little hot for me, but it's been beautiful. That lightning last night. Oh yeah, thunderstorms rolling in over the lake. I mean, it it's it's always great being up here. It doesn't actually even matter what the weather is, but because there's an indoor pool. No, because there's air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't for air conditioning, it would be miserable. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, there there is you, you do have. Every con has two things that, that we always talk about. One you don't know till later, and that's the con crud. You don't know what dirty person you touch. <coughs> <coughs> yeah. Yeah. I really did have to cough. I'm glad you brought that up. Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, it's uh, you, you, you won't know till later if you survive the weekend without coming down with some sort of influenza or, you know botulism or whatever the hell 
Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you know, so that's the one. But then the other one is the con funk. It was in full force last night at karaoke. Yeah. And what was amazing was karaoke was in a side room, panel room. From the main hall, the great hall that we, some of us were chilling at for, wasn't that bad out there. The moment you go through the door, <laughs> it was like as if there was a, a visible force field just kept it all in you, the you karaoke got, you room. You got hit in the face by a, by a wall, a hot mess. <laughs> it was like a couple of times, I was jealous of you. You, yeah. you were saying that I you're... had an allergy attack and I was completely stuffed up, could not smell a thing. Yeah, that would have been heaven because it. You go in and you're like, I can't come in here anymore. I need to leave. Yeah, um, we actually should we should chat about about the karaoke stuff. Uh, I was thinking we could start with Friday with the sketch. Oh yeah, so yeah, so Friday night, um, they have a drink and draw here, um, and the the cool thing about the drink and draw is that you know it's in honor of Steve Dillon, who artist on things like preacher and did a bunch of wolverine stuff and i mean all kinds of stuff um but steve had come up here a few times had really kind of become part of the family and and you're, you're gonna hear that that family word said a lot uh in con, at cons in general but this con kind of steps it up yep um you know when when these are the, the when these people are saying and they fully mean it hey next time you're up this this way just come stay stay at the house, you know, because you're family, and that's what you do, and and that's cool. So Steve had come up here a few times and kind of became part of the family as well, and you know, unfortunately, he passed away um, much earlier than than you know anyone would have liked, and so now they have the Steve Dillon drink and draw, and so that's a cool thing. You get to go in, hang out, have a couple cocktails, and. How many people were around that table? Oh my God, there were. That's where I was saying, like, I feel like there was more than thirty artists because I almost felt like thirty fit at that table. Like there they was. They had to put an extra table in. They brought yeah. another one. Yeah, that... and they were all huddled around that table. And they were just drawing, sketching. Some people were working on one piece. Some people were working on multiple. Um, Some people, like Kaylin and, and Jay, were doing that. Some people took more than the one night to finish theirs because they were cheating and wanted to have the best damn thing ever. <laughs> Dan Doherty. <laughs> Which, that Swamp Thing was just phenomenal. Yes. I, I don't know what it actually went for at the end, but the last I saw it had a couple hundred bucks on it. Mike said he wanted, we were talking to him last night and I think it was like 225 he goes, I got it for a steal. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, 11 by 17 full color full body Swamp Thing by Dan Doherty. Yeah, that was, that was well, quite, you know, and, and that's the cool thing. Like with this drink and draw, so what they do is that you know they, they just let people draw whatever they, whatever they want. Um, so, like, Fozzie, who is one of the fastest artists that we know, Jay Fosgett, um, he can just rip them out. So our good friend Ted Woods, who's always been at the show, has moved out of state, and he no matter how much he wanted to, he was not able to come to the show this year. So he did something cool. Like, he did a, hey, Ted's not at C4 uh, thing. And so, like, he was selling prints and commissions because, like, he's he's not doing that right now because he's working on a huge project and he's focusing solely on that. Um, so he did that to kind of be part of it. Fozzie drew Ted. Did you see? Yes, I saw that. That was... Yeah. 
Like it was awesome. So so Ted got to be here, <laughs> you know. Um, but that that's what I mean. So I mean, there's everything from Ted. yeah, there's everything from people drawing a, somebody else that they know to Dan Doherty doing a full full body, full color, huge commission of Swamp Thing. Well, and and when you have them all displayed to do the silent auction, you just see the many different art styles all in one spot. I mean, mm-hmm. you can walk around the con and obviously you see who has what, you see what their art is, but it was great just you'd see something that was in Fosgit's type of drawing compared to someone else that has like a more realism type, like you see just the contrast, yeah. but you also see that it is straight up the love for the art, the love for the comics that that they had, and it was great that they were all having fun, talking to each other, talking to some of the select few like us that were able to get in there that aren't artists. And and with that, that is one thing that I want to say that I love doing podcasting is being part of that family. Yeah, our art we we suck at it. We know it. We drew stick figures that one time, and we're not good at all. Well. Some of them were pretty good. Well, some people, some were a little bit enough, but we know that we're not the greatest artistically. You did that amazing fish. That was with the help of you. You, I'm, I'm learning from the master now. Yeah, but he's like we're talking, we're talking, you know, six years ago, five years ago, when we first got in the business. Yeah, and uh, we, we, were, we were doing the those. Now, the to come come back to the drink and draw. Um, so you have all of these different pieces out there, and I mean they're. There had to have been, I don't know, shit, a hundred plus pieces of art out there without, a, you know, and sitting there and and things that were as as little as twenty dollars to Dan pulling in a couple hundred, you know, for for that, they raised a few thousand dollars, roughly, for the Hero Initiative, and all because of the Steve Dillon drink and drop. And that is cool. And so, you know, for, for them to be able to do that, but also you get people coming in here that are able to get artwork for a steal. Yeah. I mean, far cheaper than, than you would be able to, but they get a great, that you know, they get a deal or worst case scenario, they're going to pay its full value, which, oh no. You you paid you paid what it's worth money for charity too yeah and then yeah you, you get to go help out comic creators that need assistance through the hero initiative so that's I thought that was cool and and there was way more art this year than there has been in a long time I may or may have not heard that they may have even more art that they just like where do we put it all ooh that they that I heard. Maybe we can put it. We'll save it for next year. Like they're gonna have to plan ahead of time, knowing we got to get a bigger room. Yeah, or they 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 need to figure someplace out, you know, to have all the art. Um, yeah, that was that was awesome. It was funny. Uh, I won't name any names, but like I I put a bid on a couple things, and there were a couple pieces that I was interested in, but I am on a limited budget for what I am willing to spend at this show. And so I was like, okay, well, cool. I can do this one. And so I went and I, you know, there was one person's name down and they had the opening bid. So I threw an extra $10 on, on my bid and I put it there. 
and I see out of the corner of my eye somebody, you know, like hovering. <laughs> and so I go kind of walk away. And I basically saw this person scurry over and instantly write down. Under Now, it was the person that had the first bid. So I'm like, well, I kind of want that. So I went back and I... It's like live action did eBay. It, did it again. <laughs> and and sure enough, this person is hovering. <laughs> Hell bent on getting that. Well, and then I noticed that this person had their name on virtually every piece from this artist. So wow. I like, so I was like, hmm, okay, you got a pretty serious fan. I'm going to add $10 to that one. <laughs> and then they screwed over and I'm, hey, I look at it this way. I raised money for charity last night. <laughs> and while still being an asshole. That auction. What's you can't that? snipe on a silent auction, Derek. Uh, you, you, you can. I, that's the one thing I don't like about silent auctions is that, like, literally, you just have to be the last person. Yeah, so you kind of, you do hover, you wait around yeah. that one piece that you really want. Yeah, now, last year, I ended up getting two pieces, um, and, and that was always fun, too, because, you know, it's like I've, I've mentioned on the show before, I know that I talked to, uh, oh, God, no, 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 sorry, people, people at home, it's Dirk. He, 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 Boo he, this man. Derek, we're going to have to edit the podcast now. <laughs> edit this whole section Hey, out. let's be honest. I love you guys, but what's the one thing I love more than you guys? Hearing your own voice? No, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting ice Look cream? right there. Yeah, I know. Is there I ice cream? Okay. Yeah. Guys. Come on, come on, Mel, let's go. All right. Yeah, I, I'm taking the better third of this. Let's go. Come on, Mel. <laughs> we'll be back. Mint chocolate chip for me, please. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, it is. It's the Dan Doherty beer. Yeah, so last week at the, at the panel, people at home, they'll hear the that kickstarting your comics panel. What you won't be able to hear is my shock and awe when my wife came in with cocktail for her and a beer for Dan, and nothing for me. And yeah, her, and she her, just totally ignored her. Her argument was, "Yeah, well, we talked about it in advance. Why would you not have talked to your husband about getting him a beer?" That's what I told her. I go, if I talked in advance with someone, but I knew you were in there, I'd be like, Derek would probably want to drink too. And I'm not even married to you. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't say anything, but you would have thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> I may not have bought it, but I would have still thought about it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, no, the, uh, the, the, the drinking draw is fun. Um, but I, I was going to say, like, and this is a little bit more serious note, it's, it's a subject that I have um, gotten a little bit more worked up about recently in particular. I'm seeing more and more art flippers. And by that, I mean people that go out and get artwork done by artists at shows whether it's commission or the the even worse people are the ones that take their children with them and get free head sketches or free sketches and then but then they take those to that's ebay that's terrible yeah they take those to ebay and then they sell and so last year one of the reasons i ended up with two pieces is that granted i kind of wanted both of those but i also saw that this person who i know is an art flipper was putting their name down and I knew that if I got him up to a certain level he'd drop off because there's no more profit margin for him to make. See, and I I find it crazy weird. I understand why there's a market for art, but what is that break even point that that people how they know what something would get? And at the same point too, I look at it as the old school Kirby, you know, type stuff where they're dead, they're they're gone. I see that stuff always going up in value. 
and I'm not knocking anyone now, but let's just say Stegman, like you can go to a convention and get a commission from him. So how would why would you pay more on eBay for something he did when he is still alive and available to get stuff from? There, there's two reasons, I think. One, uh, uneducated buyers. Okay. People that, that just that either don't know um, what he charges or don't know that you can go get a commission from him at a show. So that, that's one side. The other is, you know, if you get the guy that's out in, you know, bumfuck Iowa and there's no convention near him, but he's a huge fan, you know, sorry that you live in bumfuck. Um, you know, <laughs> the people bumfuck. I, I, I love your town. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Love going and visiting bumfuck. Yeah, but then again, I mean, like, like, so Stegman does shows around here. We see him all the time. But you've got to think about the fact too that like Ryan really doesn't want to fly to a show. Like he's kind of uh, under the mindset that you know he'll do a show as long as you can drive to it for the most part because it takes so much extra time out of his personal life, his schedule, his family life. I mean, Ryan is is one of those guys that. He's got a month to, to make a book, and he will use that entire month to make the book, not because he's slow, but because of the amount of detail that he puts into things. And, you know, so he's got that, plus he'll do a few covers and stuff like that, too. And, you know, next thing you know, you know, that month is gone. So if he has to fly someplace, I mean, he might be losing two days for travel. So think about people that are out in L.A. They've got cons all the time, but they don't get stigmatized in the con. So mm-hmm. those, so it's the people that can't physically get to them, or you know, um, or just don't know that they could buy one from him at a convention, or don't know what he charges. So they sit there and go, "Well, you know, he's he's a huge name. This would be worth it." So. All right. Well, I guess that you educated me greatly on art flipping that I never knew. Yeah. Really existed or, or was a thing. I learned you good. Yeah, so now, uh, now, now, Dirk and my wife come rolling back with their ice cream. Mm-hmm. Mm. Really good. <laughs> I got ice- her some birthday ice cream. Yep. Yeah, for breakfast. Uh-huh. We're grown folks. <laughs> <laughs> we're grown folks. That's what you do. I love you. Got ice cream on your face. Go. We're grown folks. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like the, the expression Derek has made me at home. It's kind of like you like, oh, like a do 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 You know, the great thing is, though, is that you're trying to explain the expression and they can't see you either. No, I know. <laughs> Man, look, it was a long night. Dirk, let's get your review. What kind did you get? How is it? And chocolate chip. It, it's definitely serviceable for just a breakfast ice cream just to get you going. Okay. I mean, not, it's not like Moomers. Moomers in Traverse City, they have a chocolate, they have a chocolate caramel sea salt. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Do we need to go to the con? Can we just go there? Um, I do have to work, but I'm not opposed to going to Moomers right afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that's been discussed actually. So those of you at home listening, it's too late. You can't creep up on us, but we're going to Moomers <laughs> after the show. Yeah, uh, the uh, the the, the ice cream. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we can go. Whoever wants to go, we usually do the Dirk, the Dirk Lane Ice Cream Social. So, um, Dirk, since we got you here, uh, quickly before I got to go work, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just, I just want to give my condolences to the fact that you, uh, you lost everything last night. <laughs> the Meryl Streep Award is what I've been winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, karaoke mania. Yeah. Karaoke here at Cherry Ch- Uh 
Dirk had his tag team title on on the line. And no, no, no. We were only battling for the trophy. Oh, that's right. We were only battling for the trophy. Because he won't ever put up the belt because we, he's We afraid. put up the belt every year in Toledo and just rip through the competition like toilet paper. Well, yeah, you, 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 you put it up at, you know, at a show that A, is rigged, and B, you wouldn't allow me to uh, challenge you as a solo performer. Yeah, I mean, it's a tag team, man. I can't help it you don't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't help it that you need help. <laughs> it's well, a tag team belt. Let's talk about the real loss, though, which is your partner, your duo. Oh. Is this the end? <laughs> Satellite kill. Dan walked off the stage because uh, Dirk was being a little bit of a glamour hug. I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but, you know. Well, Dick we're, Manley we're, was. How about that? Now, Dick, Man, <laughs> Dick Manley and Johnny Unicorn, you know. Uh, Johnny got a little mad that I got called up to do uh, Dirkalicious by Fergie. She sometimes misspeaks Fergalicious. We all know it's Dirkalicious. Mm-hmm. And he got a little upset. And then he did a little tit for tat. And he went up there and just rocked the house with Jill Thompson, who wanted to enter Sandman with me. But Johnny jumps in and does that. So, you know, tensions were a little high. And then we went up there to do Sia. And O'Halloran was talking smack and all that. But we're I'm, I'm happy to say I think it was, at best, a temporary setback in our, our legendary career-defining karaoke career. Yeah. Now, what's the saying? Copying is the greatest form of flattery or, or whatever. The imitation is the greatest yeah. form. Because you guys now have... <laughs> new, new, the new kilts on the, the block. The new kilts on the block. <laughs> yeah. That... Yeah. They, that I great. found out they even did an entrance video like we do. <laughs> yes. Yes. They, they, they posted a thing. Like, you know, when, when you posted the picture on Cherry Capital's Facebook and said, it begins. Yeah. They posted the exact same pa- picture and put, it, it ends. It ends, right. <laughs> so so what, what, what's funny is, I, I look in the crowd, and I see Landon Faulkner with the unicorn head on. I'm like, Dad, I had no idea it was Landon. I'm like, Dan, look, look. Someone came dressed up as a unicorn just for you. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God. And then Corey comes around the side dressed up as... Uh, uh, was it Richard Manliest and dressed up as me with the afro and the glasses and and they're both wearing kilts and they're both wearing kilts yep and I'm like oh my god what's happening <laughs> it was uh, it, was, it was quite entertaining it was I wanted them to win but the problem is they had no talent so <laughs> but 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 who but what what happened should have happened which is, which is I mean ultimately to to minorly break kayfabe real quick was uh, obviously. We really were hoping someone else would get the trophy. Um, so when, O'Hall- when O'Houlihan went into <laughs> business for himself at the end, they were killing me softly. That was that was like a that was a shoot, man. I mean, we were supposed to kind of, you know, destroy each other to let someone else plow through. But all hail Victor Dandridge. Yeah, Victor yeah. got up who on stage and just was was trying was trying to leave. And I owe Mike accurately for this too. I'm like, we need it's like we need we need a powerhouse right now because after after uh, Houlihan did killing me softly, I'm like, he, he's gonna get this. And we're like, what the hell? It's like he's like, eh, I decided I want to win. I'm like, what the fuck is about the point? You have to put someone over. So Victor's trying to leave. I grabbed him and Mike said, you're going up right now. And Victor's like, I gotta go, I gotta go. And finally, Mike said, you are a sponsor of the show. Get up there and sing. <laughs> And Victor did, uh, God, he had Sir Mix-a-Lot, maybe got back, and then he did Doing the Butt, and just 
wreck. I mean, just just ripped through, like I said, ripped through it like cheap toilet paper, man. I mean, he ran the room. Well, it was part crowd participation and everyone singing, yeah. loving it, dancing. I, and and Victor's great. He was great. He's a showman. Mm-hmm. He ran it, so it all worked out okay. Yeah, it was. Uh... Dan Dan got the Get Reed Award. We well, didn't got to that. Spoilers. Oh, <laughs> are you going to try to bring spoiler? By the way, Thanos wins. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> are you going to try to bring him under your faction? Are you going to try to start a NWO Bullet Club? I mean, more than just the duo. We already get enough shit for supposedly rigging the system anyway, quote unquote. <laughs> if we brought in like Victor too. Oh yeah. I mean, the, we the would heat never, would be we, more than heat. It'd be straight up heat. It, it, it'd be like we'd be like nuclear heat. You know, we'd be radioactive <laughs> heat. You know. So, um, no, it, it's good. Um, but yeah, everything's cool, and I think it's gonna allow uh, satellite kilt to kind of officially move to a hosting type thing where we just host a karaoke. So we're doing that for Reed Pop now a little bit, and put people, you know. You bring up a whole new generation of karaoke. You're the John Cena's right. of the karaoke world. You're you're lifting us up. There you go. All right, never give up. <laughs> and the five boos of doom. So I know that would be a hell now. Like you guys are talking wrestling. I'm like, huh? people kept. I'll say this. I gotta get down to the show floor. People kept going up to like Dan and like, I'm like, oh my God, who's John Michaels and who's Janetti? See, and Derek like, ah, I got nothing. And I'm like, no. And I was trying to explain to Dan like the breakup of the Rockers and all that stuff. And I'm like, just, just go with it. It's just good. It's just good. <laughs> but speaking of good, this is more evidence why I know it's a drive for people. Come to Cherry Capital Comic Con. Yeah. This, Come. This... this show is freaking amazing. Yeah. Always is. And you know the thing is, is like, I will have worked a solid. You know, because we get up here Friday night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'll have worked a solid two nights and two days by the time I, I leave. Oh, well. But I get, I never feel like I'm working at this show. Yep. I, I don't know what it, you know, it's, and, and it's not like I feel like, oh, my God, I just put in, like, you know, a 10-hour day, like, at a different show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's fun. But here, like, I feel like I'm relaxing. Well, that's what I feel like most artists and creators little more relaxed like there's so many conversations we always have that we're like damn why wasn't i recorded that way more at this show than other shows Mm because you know the other shows they're they're working it they're they're doing what they need to do here they're still doing that but it seems like as you said more relaxed more let's just chat let's hang out come to my booth well this this is the show where you see the creators bringing their spouses and their children because they you know they can if they don't want to be at the show that's fine there's a ton of stuff to do just here in the hotel in the resort or they can cruise in the town but this is a family show and normally when i hear family friendly i go fuck that yeah <laughs> oh it's all kids no no but this this is cool it's it's the difference between a kids movie or, or kids comic book and an all ages kid comic book this is truly an all-ages show. Such as the adventures of Cthulhu Jr. and Dastardly Dirk at my table right now, which I need to get to. So I will see you down there. <laughs> no, also, K- K- Casey Pierce had it best yesterday. Casey Pierce did the show for the first time this weekend. She comes up to me and she goes, I feel weird saying this, but I'm just having so much fun at a con. 
and you know, and she grinds, man. She, oh, she yeah. works yeah. too. You know, she's on she's that. Hard worker. She's on that tiff, but she's like, I'm having fun. I went to the pool before the show opened. I said, that's right. So that's check out Comic Con. I will see you guys down there. I have to push all my books, which. No, I'm not, I'm not going to buy a list here, but I'll see you down there. <laughs> <laughs> see you, Dirk. See you Dirk, guys later. Cheers. DirkManning.com. All right. <laughs> so we talked about the nightlife. Let's talk about the con floor and, like, the layout, simple. You know, go up and down the rows, but, like, artists everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think it's about a 50-50 split on the show floor between retail space and artist space. And which, I, will, I will say for the retail, though good deals on books if you're trying to collect some things yeah no i mean obviously it's a smaller show so you're not going to have 50 you know comic vendors but i mean there's there's like a solid like five or six really good comic book vendors here too like this is actually a great show where you can find some some unique stuff you can find some good deals on stuff um I found that trade a couple years ago that I'd been looking everywhere for. I was staking out Amazon, and it was a $5 bin. Yeah. I mean, it's... I, I was Dirk, for years. Dirk found here... Um, I think I think this is where he found, like, his creep show um, comic. Yep. Was, was here. And, like, you know, this is where you can find really unique, cool stuff. Because people know that at this show, it's... Like it, it, people aren't walking in just looking for a key issue. Like this is not that that place. Yeah, people want them, but they want something a little cooler. They want something a little bit more involved. I think where where they can get into it. But yeah, I mean, it, huge amount of artists, fantastic retailers. Um, well, with the artists, even as we said before, they're more relaxed. Seth flat out has said, and he won't stop saying it, how he's here. This is vacation for him. Just so happens, though, he has a booth that he goes down there when his wife and kid are at the pool or whatever. Yeah. He's like, it. he will never stop coming here because for him, it's hanging out with friends and family, and it doesn't feel like a show for them. Yeah. So uh, I was talking to Corinne Roberts yesterday, and, and you know we, we came up with two little fake words, which Tony will love these because you'll think they're real. Um, <laughs> Tell me the words. I'll try to come up with a definition. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, vacation. Okay, that one's kind of easy. And, and then concation. I like concation. Yeah. So, you know, From we just... the man who brought you the word casino con. Concino. Concino. <laughs> we have vacation con. Yeah. You know how long it took me to understand which convention you're talking about? Because I was like... Because you lost our footage. I didn't lose that. <laughs> that was all ins. I lose my own footage when I. Yeah, apparently, uh, apparently for for comic pros and cons listeners, and actually this will be new for the drunk on comics listeners too. Uh, yeah, the Linz, lost episode of Girl Con. Yeah, Linz and my wife and another one of their friends went to the Fantastic Con Mount Pleasant, which was held at a casino, and. Rumor has it they recorded something. Yeah, now, that's what Lynn's kept saying. I have this. You know, we can post it on you know someday if things don't work out. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, did she just hit the record button once? I don't know. I she she never she still says that she has it somewhere on her laptop. I now that I'm finding this out live when we're recording, <laughs> <laughs> almost got to be like, Lynn's 
We got some explaining to do. Well, I, I'm still waiting for the uh, the the lost Star Shut Wars. Shut up! Don't shop. I knew you were gonna say it. I mean, it, it was cool. Like we got Pat Koala from Cherry Capital um, to, to to chime in, and then all the way from Toronto, uh, we got Jay Clark from an elegant weapon. And then I I came over to your house because this was important, and we all took time out of our lives to talk about Star Wars and and our thoughts on it. And um, yeah, how's when's that episode gonna air? I promised myself I wouldn't cry, but these aren't cries of tears of joy. This is tears of regret. Yeah. You guys would have talked about Star Wars for hours anyways. That was just True. an excuse. But we had a pretty good show that we... You're just digging yourself a hole, Tony. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it was stupid. You didn't want to hear it. Well, um, so so speaking of, uh, of other lost episodes, I do want to get to something else. That it was, it was nice redemption for uh, our good friend... Mr. Dan Doherty, who, you know, roughly a yearish ago, you lost an episode that you did with him. Yep. <laughs> oh, I thought, and I thought that he straight up hated me. I, I thought that he was so pissed off because of that. That one, I also want to say, I don't think was my fault. But I'm not going to blame other people. I'm just going to say it was my fault. Take responsibility. Take ownership, Tony. Okay, it was my fault. It was your fault because you let Adam but handle it. Dan forgives him. <laughs> okay, I was going to say name, but yes. And because of that, at the shows, I was always kind of like, God, I don't want to talk to Dan. Like, Dan's going to hate me and stuff. Dan doesn't hate anybody. No, no, Dan is amazing. Dan is awesome. Well, he's not a Mary Sue. <laughs> he's not a Mary Sue. Yeah, because he, he, he forgets things. So even the fact that, that he can go and run five miles pushing his... I think probably both his kids in the stroller, um, while writing a full album, uh, both the guitar and you know the vocals, while writing, drawing, coloring an entire comic book, um, and you can do it in multiple styles too. Yeah, and in, in multiple styles, in multiple media. Um, while being an amazing father and husband, uh, and then while also being super nice, and while also being a, a really good-looking dude. And like Full being an hair. independent creator, yeah, and and with a ridiculously awesome head of hair, uh, he does all these things, but he forgets things occasionally. Mm. So he's so he's he, he's not a Mary Sue. We figured that out. Yeah, he can even <laughs> parallel park. We watched him a couple years ago at this show. Uh, he didn't do that very well. He didn't do that very well. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a Mary Sue. Yeah, for a Chicago guy, he could not yeah, parallel park. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that was that was kind of a but no. Um, Dan Dan got a little redemption from uh, you know having to waste an hour of his life and you guys losing this footage. Um, <laughs> I, I love giving you shit. I, <laughs> that is, I'll take the shit. Like that's what we do. Mm-hmm. But those are actually the few things that I'm like, I actually take it to heart. I feel bad. Like yeah. it's so simple to easily delete or rename or. Do something small that will fuck up a file. Yeah, that you can't bring it back. Yeah, or you know when you're at a show and you record something and then you play it back and it's silence <laughs> because you didn't have your headphones, headphones in. He has his headphones. I know. Don't give him shit. Uh, and I brought look, batteries this the, year. But the thing is, like, like is there an SD card in there? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk about. It. Yeah, well, I forgot an SD card at New York, and yeah, I had to go walk like six blocks. Why don't you tell them what you forgot at Motor City last year? Pants, <laughs> but I, I had everything I needed to record. But no, like at Motor City years back, Tony and I, we had 
three or four really awesome interviews. That one with Sarah Richard is the one that kills oh, me. Oh, yeah. That was such a great interview. And, again, um, I got lazy on that one. I said, ah, I don't need the headphones. Like, I was I was tired, and I was just I, – I did not do the work that I should have done. And we recorded, like, with her. We recorded with Dirk. We recorded with Chris Enot. We recorded with somebody else, too. I don't remember. And then I think you and your brother recorded with one, too. Mm-hmm. And we – and, and they were all gone because you just turned on. It was just empty silence. And yeah, the microphone wasn't. Connect- I, we we it hit the something wrong, hit the wrong yeah. microphone button and yeah, so that was um, that was sad. But anyway, back to the actual point of, of where I was going with this. So the Gary Reed Independent Creator of the Year Award uh, was given out last night, and Tony, you recorded uh, that as well. Yeah, and okay. actually, what I'm going to do is. Do a quick edit, and voila, it's going to be played right now. Welcome. Welcome to Cherry Capital Comic Con 2018. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend and joining us here today. Uh, it is an auspicious occasion. Uh, we are about to present the second annual Gary Reed Independent Creator of the Year Award. Yeah. I don't know why I'm hanging out here by myself aside from this guy. Can I get, can I get uh, the finalists up here? Can I get Dirk Manning? Can I get, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, give him, give him some, give him some love. Dan Doherty, Travis McIntyre, Victor Dangerous Shooting. We're obviously a little relaxed here at this point. It's been a very long, fun day at the con. So, let's say a couple of words real quick just to give you guys some background on the Gary Reed Independent Creator of the Year Awards. So, uh, our, our good friend and, uh, and uh, the close friend of the show, Gary Reed, also the, uh, the founder of Caliber Comics, uh, uh, passed away unexpectedly uh, back at the end of 2016. Uh, in a way to honor Gary's memory, uh, we, we look for a number of different ways uh, to, to try and carry on his legacy. And uh, one of the things that we thought uh, would be good, and I'll just kind of preface this by saying that if Gary knew we were going to name an award after him, he would be kicking and screaming and, yeah. and not happy about it. No. No. But uh, because Gary did not like that type of spotlight. Uh, but what Gary did do uh, was he took his time all the time uh, to invest in the next generation of creators. Uh, he would, in addition to working on his own work, uh, would invest time in up-and-comers, uh, help uh, craft the next generation, and, and, and lead them to uh, living their dreams in the comics industry. So uh, this award is representative of Gary's legacy and is awarded to the creator uh, that most espouses his spirit. So I'm just going to, I assume you guys make a bunny ears in the background and make a bunny ears. No, no. no. Travis Orr. Travis was, Travis was. So I'm, I'm going to introduce our four finalists, and then uh, uh, Tony Mello is going to say a couple of words about Gary. Uh, and then last, you come on up here, Seth. Get up here. Get up here. Ladies and gentlemen, Seth the Moose is last year's winner of the Gary Reed Award. The inaugural winner is going to do the, the presentation. Can I trust you to hang on to this and not peek? No. Don't peek. No. Don't peek. No. So... Uh, two time winner. The process for this two time He's going to run away with it. But what's that? 
The process for this award uh, is, is pretty straightforward, but we wanted to make sure that it wasn't just a popularity contest. We wanted to make sure that the award means something. So we take uh, months worth of nominations from uh, people within the comics community, other creators, as well as fans. And after receiving multiple, multiple nominations over months, uh, th that data is compiled. Uh, and then there is a finalist selection committee that goes through and, uh, and selects based off of those nominations, the four creators that they felt uh, were most deserving and most, uh, uh, that, that, that are espousing Gary's spirit and that are uh, deserving of the award. Uh, so this year, uh, first up we have Dirk Manning. <laughs> the Dirk Manning, he has a face, folks. Uh, one of the things that comes up, one of the things that comes up when uh, in all the nomination forums about Dirk, uh, is that he constantly, no matter what, uh, takes the time to invest in other creators, is willing to give a helping hand, uh, is is always available uh, to talk through a situation. He even wrote a book on creating comics, uh, right or wrong, trying to uh, trying to help the next gen generation get there. He never leaves home without it. He, he, he carries it. <laughs> Victor Dangerous Jr. is our next finalist. I learned that from Gary, right. The thing that we hear most about Victor is that he is he's the hustler. He's the hardest working man in comics. Out on the road, hitting the shows, doing everything he can. He, he, uh, he, he works uh, with uh, wizard conventions and, uh, and kind of coordinates their, their artist alley. Uh, he has been a big proponent of uh, with, with his You Create comic series, uh, getting, getting, getting kids and getting, getting people into creating their own comics. Um, so Victor has very obviously spent his time investing in the next generation. Third, we have Travis McIntyre from Source Point Trust. <laughs> Things that we hear most about Travis is that through Source Point, Travis is not only uh, giving, giving creators a home to bring their creations to life, uh, but he is also supportive in helping them take that next step and raising people up. Not just giving them a, a home to do that, but giving them the tools to do that and do it effectively. And last but certainly not least, we have Dan Doherty. Dan, in addition to having the voice of an angel, for those, for those of you that have heard him sing karaoke, uh, uh, Dan is one of the, the most accessible and uh, nicest guys in the business is always willing to offer some feedback and help out and uh, be, be an ear uh, to bend. Uh, he also teaches the art of comics professionally, investing in that next generation. So we have four very, very, very qualified candidates up here. Let me give them one last round of applause. So now you are sick and tired of hearing me talk. I'm gonna let Tony say a couple of words about Gary. And, uh, and kind of what this means. And then uh, you're going to get sick and tired of hearing him talk. Exactly. And then uh, Seth is going to pre uh, present the award. Hello all. Uh, for those of you who may not have known Gary, um, Gary was in all aspects of the comic industry. He started off as a retailer uh, with one store, which eventually turned into a chain of stores. Uh, he became a self-publisher, starting Caliber Comics, uh, which was Michigan's first and largest uh, independent publisher, uh, which is still uh, in existence today. And uh, Gary also started 
the that's it. Uh, he started KingCon, which was Michigan's largest uh, comic book convention before any of the others. Um, and after he left all that, uh, anybody who knew Gary knew he complained all the time about comics. <laughs> complained about working in comics, complained about doing conventions, but yet uh, when the opportunity came for him to give a hand to another up-and-coming show, he volunteered his services. And he always, he always said he never wanted to be a mentor, but yet he was always there for any of us who ever had advice we needed or questions on writing or publishing or, or anything. Uh, Gary always went above and beyond to try to help you out. Um, and if you, called him, if you called him your mentor, he'd want to hit you. Um, Gary, yeah, uh, I had I had the the honor and the privilege of being able to work alongside Gary for uh, about seven years, and I learned so much from the man. And I think the the number one thing I learned was to always be humble and to always pass on what you know to others. Um, he's somebody that we all miss very much every day, and uh, I think the industry misses him also. So. I'm very glad that uh, Mike and Rob and everybody here at uh, Cherry Capital has decided to uh, start this award to carry on his memory, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm very proud of these guys for for what they do. Uh, shut up. Uh, I'm very proud of these guys for what they do in the comic industry. That's the Gary Reed moment right there. I'm channeling the man. So without further ado, uh, here's Seth the most with the uh, winner. I've been holding the box for a minute here and I haven't opened it, so this is going to be a surprise to me as much as it is to everybody else. So, it's my great pleasure and honor to present the second annual Gary Reed Award for Independent Creator of the Year to. Dan Doherty. These are my brothers up here, and you know we. Uh, I, I can safely say that we have all done things for each other that you know go above and beyond. Just like, hey, can you watch my table for a second, right? I mean, I mean Victor most of all, really, because that dude's dangerous. I've shared rooms with him. Uh, 
I'm not. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think you can. Um, it was so, very heartfelt. 
I'm going to be like I, I'm. I'm probably going to put that into a different episode. I think this will be a standalone. Uh, but Dan won that award. That Gary Reed was an amazing man, and I think for people that you know on, on Tony's show, they just got to hear this. Um, you know all, all the wonderful things said about Gary, and, and it still cracks me up, and it, and it makes me smile that we all know how much Gary would have hated having an award in his name. Mm-hmm. But it's so fitting because Gary really was a teacher. He was somebody that handed down. And, you know, you look at, at the, the four people that were nominated, Victor Dandridge Jr., Dirk Manning, um, Travis McIntyre, and Dan Doherty. And there's such a solid argument for every single one of those people as to why, not only that they were nominated and why they were fi- finalists, but also well, why. a variety yeah. of, like, what they do for the industry. Right. But I mean, you, you, you look and there's a, there's a solid argument for each one of them as to why, if they would have won, yes, this is why they won. And you could clearly see it with Dan. Um, you know, the fact that, that Dan is so versatile in what he does and that Dan continues to work so hard in his career, while at the same time, he is a teacher at the International School of Comics, but... It's beyond that because, like, what people don't see, like, they see, excuse me, they see Dan teaching at the school. What they don't see is that his students that have graduated, he's continuing to be a mentor. He's continuing to help them with their with their career and saying, and give them advice and and share his experiences with them. I mean, you look at people like Melina Deneno, who you know was one of his students. Um, you know, I had the the, the pleasure of having her along with some of his other students on the show a while back when they were doing their anthology. Uh, but then I, I chatted with her again here at Motor City. She's young. She's learning. She's graduated. Dan had her help him with the coloring on Floppy Cop. You know, it's that's the kind of stuff where, where he's reaching out and people are coming up with, you know, portfolio reviews or whatever. And, and Dan's like, this is great. I like this. Here's where I would help. Dan sees other creators out there, younger people, and he goes out and says, here, let me let me help you with this. Let me give you a little tip here. Whatever it may be. That's really what it is. I mean, Dan has that true heart of a teacher while also continuing to do unique and amazing things on his own in this industry. And that, that to me, is really what it boiled down to. That was... That was his big reason, was how he teaches and shares with people. I mean, everyone up there does, but Dan has a different approach to it. I would also say, too, out of all of our friends that we know, hustling and bustling and everything, I feel he's one of the most humble. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, not saying egos and everything else and coming, but there's some people that, you know, they know they're very good. Dan does personally know he's very good, but he doesn't act like he's above anyone else. Yeah. He'll be like, I'm on the same level as that person starting out over there. I've just done it a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And that is refreshing to see. There are some artists in the industry that sometimes they have an air about them. Not with Dan. He will yeah. talk to anyone. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty awesome. And I'm... I'm so happy to see him win you know and and the what's funny is I, I was thinking about this morning in the shower don't ask me why do you think but, about dan in the shower often 
well, it's going to get weirder <laughs> when he says yes. Uh, not only was I thinking about Dan in the shower, but I also then realized that you now have Floppy Cop that was written by this year's Gary Reed Award winner and drawn by last year's Gary Reed Award winner. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So I thought that was that that was that was kind of a neat thing, and I was like, huh. I'm like, that's kind of fun. Well, there's another thing too, the creativity of Floppy Cop and the everything behind it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But it works. It's hilarious. Uh, hearing from both Dan and Seth of why they did it. They want to do something a little bit different than the Macabre type, you know, evil. Did you just say Macabre? You mean Macabre? Yes. <laughs> oh, we've been waiting for a Tonyism today. Thank you, Tony. Macabre. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. You made our oh. day. Oh, my good Lord. Okay. And that, I, I don't, I can't continue. Check out Floppy Cop. I can't only say that. <laughs> Floopy Coop. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. Macabre. I was quiet a lot on this podcast because I was like, I don't want to fuck up. I don't want to say words. <laughs> there's another word that I was thinking in my head that I didn't say because I'm like, yeah, because that's going to sound wrong. You know which, what? Which no, one I'm was gonna, that? I'm defend I forgot already. Here. I think, you know, somebody posted that. If somebody mispronounces a word, but they know the word and they're using it correctly, it's because they read it somewhere. And you know what? I know Tony reads all the freaking time. Yeah, that's true. You know, and I mean, so I'm gonna give him credit and I'm gonna defend him, Derek. He, he, he is he is the epitome of a reader. Shut up. <laughs> Be nice, Derek. I don't see you. You know, you read the books that you review, and uh, I, I don't see you doing a lot of recreational reading, Derek. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's, it, it's because I do it in You spend a lot of time on Puzzle Quest for, for you know. It's, it's, it's bathroom reading. <laughs> well, with that, uh, Derek, thanks for uh, coming on my show. Tony, thanks for coming on my show. All right. Shares. I don't get, I don't get a thank you. <laughs> I don't get a thank you. Oh, Mel. Mel, thank you for joining us, for eating that wonderful ice cream in front of us the whole time, making me hungry. Shares. <laughs> Uh, for people at home, go to drunkoncomics.com. For people at home, go to comicprosandcons.com. Comic pros and comms. Yeah. <laughs> Can't even fucking talk anymore. All right. It's getting very macabre in here. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>